0: This game perhaps hurt me more than round 23 last year. I can't even put my finger on why that is, considering that round 23 ended our season and today we still have five games to make amends. Perhaps it's because I'm such a negative Nancy and in my heart I know that this loss might signal the end of our season, given that I personally don't believe we can win the required amount of games needed now to make the finals. It hit me as hard as any game of football ever has and reminded me of my first such pain generated as a result of a football game, which occurred in the 1987 preliminary final. 1987 was the year that I discovered my footy mojo. I was 12 years old. I'd been going to the footy for years, but up until that stage we were nothing but a basket case, and I wasn't all that interested or invested. However, our return to the big stage being the finals sparked something in me, And I was all in from that famous win out at Footscray. The whole do-it-for-Robbie, the fairy tale nature of it all, the winning and the results falling our way to make the top five, and then the demolition job we did in the first two finals. I now had demon blood flowing through my veins, and it has never left. I'd never experienced such a feeling of loss or emptiness as I did after that preliminary final. I had lost a grandparent when I was seven, but I was way too young to feel the magnitude of that event at that stage in my life in the same way someone older would. I was 12 and had a stable and happy upbringing and family life. I'd never had the heartbreak of breaking up with someone. I was new to the footy roller coaster, and it had been all highs that I simply wasn't prepared to have the rug pulled out from under me in the manner that it was ripped in that preliminary final. I was despondent for days afterwards and I don't think I have experienced that feeling again in my footballing life. I, I suppose if the results of the 88 and 2000 grand finals had been closer than perhaps I would have. But fast forward to last weekend. 31 years after my first footballing heartbreak, I am now dyed in the wool. Football has been my life. It has been the constant in every aspect of that life since then. It's been with me through birth, deaths, marriages. Now, I would never disrespect or insult anyone by equating footballing lows to losing a loved one or the highs to the birth of my kids, but it is a huge part of my life, as it is to the majority of you who are listening to a Demon's Footy podcast either live or on their commute to work. If you're listening to this podcast after that soul-crushing defeat, then you know what I mean. This loss hit me hard. It's easy for the non-footy diehards in my life to say, it's just a game, but for me, it's more than a game. And I'm not saying that with any connection to the god-awful footy show theme. It is more than a game to me. We're staring down the barrel of missing the finals again for the 12th year running and for the second year when we should have made it. We have a very talented team. We are leading the league or very high up there on many of the stats, but we still might sit 10th at the end of the season. Going into the last quarter, we were on track for one of those really special wins that would have lived on in our memories for a very long time, and it was ripped away from us in the most devastating way possible. We've been out of the finals equation for 12 long years. Many of those years we were non-competitive, which, by the way, stung hard too mainly because we were humiliated as the butt of so many jokes and seen as irrelevant. Through that time in the footballing wilderness, we've had so many false dawns that I still sometimes question whether this promising, talented and competitive list is just a mirage, And but that might just be my MFC SS creeping in. This game hurt because of the importance of this game on our finals aspirations. We would have been two games and percent clear of Geelong. We would have been competing for a final four spot instead of scrambling for a final eight spot. Beating Geelong on their home turf would have made an enormous statement for the team, for the fans, for the competition. Instead, it solidifies a popular belief in the media and amongst opposition supporters that we don't win big games, that we can't take a big scalp. This game hurts so much, Because we were playing so well against the odds, we were five goals up in the last term and let them come back into the game. We basically led for the entire second half right up until after the final siren sounded. Would I have felt this way if they'd beaten us by a couple of goals? This game hurt so much because we've already lost three games by under 10 points this season. Games we should have won. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. How many times have I heard or uttered that along the journey? This game hurt so much that I was unable to visit my online home for days after the loss. Perusing social media feeds was torture, so I either just scrolled and scrolled or simply did not open those very addictive time-wasting apps and attempted to enter the real world with my football mojo completely zapped. Usually a loss only has me drained for a short amount of time until I get sucked right back into it but this game was different. This game hurt so much. Perhaps I am overreacting, and this is just a game after all. Maybe it's hurting me so much, because for the first time in a long time, I had started to allow myself to believe. Is it possible that we can repeat the fairy tale of 1987? Time will tell. Well, good evening, everybody, and welcome to a very sad edition of uh, the Demonland Podcast. Uh, my name is Andy, and uh, my co-host tonight, uh, Grape Viney. Good evening, Grape Viney.
1: G'day, Andy. How are
2: you? Uh,
0: well, I think you can tell how, how yes. I am. <laughs> and uh, uh, Super Mercado, how are you?
2: I'm as well as could be under the circumstances. Uh, fortunately, I didn't turn off at the final siren on Saturday and then listen to your editorial there and, and get the bad news about what happened.
0: Well, am I am I overreacting? Uh, you know, I, for me that that was uh, as soul crushing as it gets. Um, p- particularly because uh, a few minutes into the uh, final quarter. Um, I almost dislocated my shoulder in celebration, uh, fist pumping the air. <laughs> Am I overreacting?
1: I compared it not to the 87 uh, preliminary final, but more so to uh, the notorious round six 1992 clash against the bombers, which Super Mercado, uh of course, knows the Chris Sullivan threshold, the Chris Sullivan Correct. line. Uh, Forty-seven points early in the last quarter that day against Essendon, uh, kicked eight straight mm-hmm. and beat us by a single point. So it was in that territory, wasn't it? Because I reckon after I don't know it was either two goals or three goals, I said we are done here. Um, and yet we um, we did arrest the momentum a bit with sort of you know ten or fifteen minutes ago. So um, yeah. Pretty devastating, wasn't
2: it? And I think the worst thing is that we did arrest the momentum. It wasn't like we copped eight goals in a row in the last 10 minutes and lost, which admittedly we'd probably be equally hanging out a ledge if that had happened. But it was we absorbed that. We got another goal to go eight points in front. And we actually were threatening to withstand the barrage and still come out and win. Uh, And then what went from probably would have been one of the, the greatest wins of the, the post-premierships era, uh, swung all the way around the other way to the, to the point where it now brings down that great 2005 win where they missed after the siren in my, in my memory. That, I previously had that down as my favourite game of all time, uh, but I don't quite see how I could possibly ever think of that without thinking of what happened this week as well. So I've sacked that as my favourite game of all time and replaced it with the 2000 final against Carlton.
0: So what what went wrong? how how did we um, how did we give up <laughs> that lead?
1: I, a lot's been said, and there's you can, there's a million things you can analyse both at the end of the game and during the game. Which sort of, as Goody said, the little things add up to the big things, and they become the moments. But I actually think it just boils down to complacency. And I think when we got to 29 points, we took the foot off the pedal slightly. Uh, they got a couple, and then momentum, as we all know, is a very uh, difficult thing to stop. Um, but we just we needed five to ten more minutes of high pressure footy, lock them down, lock the ball down, and it would have been game over.
2: Yeah,
1: but I, I, I genuinely think uh, they thought that perhaps they had it won.
2: And I think that the back line without Hibbard being such a the home brand backline did so well until that point. Uh, to keep them to the score. We did keep them two to three-quarter time. Uh, yeah. But then when w- when the ball started coming down there at a million miles an hour, um, and obviously Hawkins was trailing uh, Oscar around like he, he had him on a rope, mm-hmm. um, that was obviously when the game turned because they just kept getting those quick entries. He's leading, he's kicking the goals, uh, and that's what did that big burst. Um, I think once they once they put Frost into... Hawkins, that was a much a much better option, uh, as we saw in the at the end, uh, where he he sort of came through and spoiled or took the mark out of Hawkins's hands, um, a ball that probably would have ten minutes earlier gone straight into Hawkins's hands for another shot on goal.
1: Yeah, most of the delivery to Hawkins though was just it was unstoppable. Um, arguably, someone going back into the hole might have been able to get to it, but. Uh, yeah, it, most of those passes were were just laced out on the yeah.
2: chest. They, they um, weren't like that last one was more up that you, ha- you had the chance for Frost to yeah. do his speedy run in. Whereas the other ones were just smashed straight down his throat. Um, yeah. So we just needed to really keep the ball, you know, after after a couple of those, lock the ball away for a few minutes and calm things down. Uh, but we seemed to just just keep going and and just couldn't rest the momentum back for another. The, till basically the score was back to two points. Um, yep. And that's when we did get some of the momentum back. Um, and Melksham kicked that helicoptery, weird goal um, that should have given us the margin to, to hold on. But as we all know, I'm sure by now, no spoiler alert here, um, <laughs> we, uh, we sort of fell apart at the end. I see the funny thing is that I was so. Emotionally crippled by this game that I literally thought that the goal came from the kick-in after the point. It was only the next day when I subjected myself to the review that I actually found out that it wasn't. Even though I'd been standing there watching it all in person, my brain just went totally, it it cut out about a minute of the game. (laughs) So, I think if you can get a psychologist on to talk about sporting trauma at some point, then I'd be very much interested to know Uh, Is that, you know, the the light, um, you know, soft Western country version of a a PTSD, like people would get in war zones or something? (laughs) The sporting version.
0: Well, you you were at the game, were you not? Um, I was. I I was reading some... Never never make that mistake again. (laughs) I was reading some tweets... Of yours um, uh, was the fact that were, were you arguing with some people around you, and was that maybe reason why you uh, your memory isn't as <laughs> solid as? Well,
2: you know? I, suffice to say, when I saw the uh, footage of the punch up later, um, it was where I had been standing uh, in the first half. Uh, at halftime, I had been engaging in some uh, low blow personal sledging with a Geelong fan. Uh, who at some point also claimed he was a Bulldogs fan. It was a very weird scenario. I just couldn't help but, but throw in offensive comments to him. Uh, and at halftime, the mate I was with, I, we just thought, nah, look, look, let's, go, let's go stand somewhere else and uh, watch the game. But when you, and I was surprised that the guy I was uh, verbaling with wasn't in the footage of the punch-up. But there was a whole like, row of, of our fans behind who were very lippy, Um, very much a, obviously, I don't know what they do at home games, but it felt a bit like siege mentality. Um, You know, turn it up to 11 when you're surrounded by the opposition and sort of get into them as much as possible. Then you had blokes like the one I was verbally with who were absolutely pissed off their brain coming back in. You got two guys coming back in, carrying four beers (laughs) each time, (laughs) smashing the lot. They're spilling everywhere. It was just, it was a very tense. It was just, I was had no surprise at all when I saw that video of people punching on afterwards. Um, I saw a couple of cops before the first bounce. Don't reckon I saw another cop all night. Uh, the security guards were, you know, they were just people there to, to collect a wage. You know, th- there was no actual interest in uh, telling people to, to calm down or anything. You know, like at one point I was jostling with this character, this uneducated simpleton, uh, and about two foot away, there was a security guard just standing there. And I would have thought, realistically, you would come over to myself, this person, and say, you know, boys, easy. It's time to time to settle down. You know, if not, you know, settle down or we're going to kick you out, which is probably the next level up. But instead, the blokes just standing there, going whatever, <laughs> collecting his collecting his money. Uh, so yeah, look, I'm, I wasn't surprised at all. Uh, and I wouldn't have thought that might have been the one that was captured on video, but I wouldn't doubt that there would, would have been a few other corkers uh, in the stands that night. So, I have officially retired uh, from from attending Cadinia Park. Now I've seen, I saw the one point win in two thousand and five, my ex ex-fa- ex favourite game of all time, uh, and I saw the win there a couple of years ago. Uh, and other than that, I've seen unimaginable trauma, um, and and I sort of don't feel that. Uh, you know, paying paying good money to uh, to stand on a crappy concrete terrace surrounded by drunks um, who are looking for a fight, um, and it probably doesn't fit into my my row mm philosophy of getting away from fans as much as possible, uh, which is probably why you know I, I just can't help but react when someone's stupid basically i can't help but point that out to them so it's definitely uh, yeah it's back to the back row for me and in future kodinia park even if they get rid of the the standing in the future that joint can do one i'm not, I'm not going back there again
0: now having been to 186 um and this which is worse <laughs> can you, know, you even can, is there a correlation can you even uh i don't even... want to
2: play this one down yeah. at all because i tell you, I I cracked the sads where I was. I was standing sort of second half right up towards, there's like a big corporate marquee above the back, the back row of Canadian Park, and there's sort of a a chain link fence under it. And I kicked the bejesus out of that (laughs) chain link fence, Um, took it very badly. Then I kind of went into a a shock for about two hours. This is how long it took me to get home. And halfway, uh, then I was about halfway driving home and I just felt like I was going to throw up. It just hit, the tension just hit me while, I was, and I had to pull over. And fortunately, I I didn't do that. But I really felt for a moment like I was going to be sick when it just really hit me what had happened. But at the same time, I, I, look, I would say one oh six was worse because it was like it was. We knew the team was a bit iffy that year. They were up, they were down. There was at that point some talk about the dodgy stuff that was going on you know, with the, between the administrators and the players. But that point was sort of like, you've just wasted the last five years. Everything from seven two 2007 round one, where we went in thinking we were going to win the flag <laughs> and the collapse started, to that moment just wiped away that day. You just knew we're rooted. Back to square one, we're, we're in trouble. Whereas now, I feel it, and, and I do, I agree, I liken it very much to that 1992 game. That has taught me never to trust last quarter leads, but that was round six, <laughs> so that wasn't as important. Uh, but this one is up there with the worst, the worst close losses I think I would say we've ever had, um, just because it was the finals eight pointer. It was deep in enemy territory. There was the the big lead. Um, it was really yeah something, something special uh, that I. I I wouldn't say I didn't think the Melbourne Football Club was capable of unloading on me, um, but something probably probably very unexpected. So I'm going to go for 186, but it's hard to think of many other games that rank alongside of this. I've got... I wasn't around for the 87 prelim. I came in in 89. Um... There's the round six ninety two. There's the Ricky Peddard one against Collingwood. I went off at that one oh, yes. when he dropped the mark. Yeah. I went off my tree at that game. But again, it's a, it was a placeholder no, season. We didn't think anything was going to happen. No. The St Kilda game where we stuffed up the clock and lost it with <laughs> we won it and lost it in the last minute. Yeah. Again, that was horrible. But it was just a placeholder season. Whereas now. We're in the mix, you know, we are still a chance. That was just so crucial to win that game. And to watch it coming from, I was obviously at the end where the goal was kicked. To watch the ball coming in that direction was like, you know, standing in a field and watching a cyclone coming towards you. Um, it just You just knew what was going to happen. It was, it was so obvious what was going to happen. Um, and then when he marked it, I almost didn't watch. Um, I, I did have a bit of a turn away um, when he just what he was getting and then I thought oh, i better watch this and didn't even look at the ball. I just looked at Zach Toohey and I saw his reaction. I was like, You're winning, aren't <laughs> yeah.
0: you? Um if, uh, if we can forget the result and the last quarter, oh, definitely the parts where they found it very easy to score. Is there positives to take away from the game?
1: Lots of positives. Lots. I, I find it hard just because positives. of the
0: yeah, well, I'll ask you then, Grapevine. You want to give me some positives uh, to get me out of my funk here?
1: Well, we we did dominate for three and almost a half quarters, um, and like we did against Geelong the first time, and like we did against Port, we bossed the game, um, and were winning in a lot of areas. Um, didn't uh, didn't take full. Um, uh, didn't sort of get full bang for our buck out of that. Kick 14-14 and had a, a lot of inside 50s that ended up nowhere, um, including sort of going wide. But um, the thing which which I queried sort of at the end was we seemed to – they seemed to have a spare man in defence most of the night. So the Jesse uh, – mainly Jesse but also Tom were double teamed. And yet I don't know where our spare was. Um, and we certainly didn't have a spare down back. Um, when the onslaught was happening, so that was sort of my main query out of the night. But um, yeah, there were. I, I think that there are, there were, and are a lot of positives, and I'm still bullish about the rest of the season. And there's no reason why we can't win. the required number of games to qualify for the
2: September action. Yeah, I think we find out this week. <laughs> yeah, uh, if if the lessons have been learned and if the signs if the signs are right, because you're you're. 100% correct. We did so much right in that game. Uh, we dealt with Vince, uh, Vince, Vince's house. We dealt with Dangerfield and Selwood pretty well. Yep. Harms did a great tagging job. Ablett, yep. you know, they all got on top in the last quarter, yep. but who didn't on the Geelong team? Um, I think that the back line actually held together really well until that onslaught. Um, I was very worried when Hibbard went out, um, and I still am very worried because I'm not convinced there's really any playmakers uh, in that defence now without Hibbard, uh, but it all held up well um, again yes we were very wasteful um, going into the forward 50, Jesse was pretty much cut out of the game uh, but as long as we're continuing to make those chances the weight of numbers says we're going to kick at least a reasonable score most weeks um, yes. so again we continue to do that, that's got to be fixed come next year if not right now Um, But I think forward, back, uh, middle, we pretty much did well in all positions. We just lost the plot in that last quarter, 10 minutes of that last quarter even, and then 50 seconds at the end um, that really, um, you know, brings it down. But overall, I agree. I think that game, you know, you should be bullish about that game. Um, But the question is, do they go to Adelaide and play like they've learnt something from that game, especially if it's close? Um, or, or do they go there, lose, and effectively we just go rip, and that's the end of the season?
0: Yeah, I don't know. Um, the, the great Viner you mentioned the double teaming and the the loose man. Um, this seems to be a staple of the games where we've lost. Uh, teams have been doing that to us. How, how do we – can we negate that? Well, the
1: AFL might fix it for us when they demand 6-6-6, <laughs> six, six and six, um, in which case will everyone will be manned up to it. So... Um, how are they going to police
0: that? That, that uh, that's going to be a disaster. The
1: like, whole thing's looking like. like a bit of a, yeah. a nightmare right at the moment. So uh, even even the introduction and trialing of it, you know, they're talking about trialing it in some inconsequential games um, in the in the last couple of rounds, and that that just compromises the entire yeah, that's, uh, that's, integrity that's of the league. competition. That's not so. even
2: bush league. Like even bush leagues wouldn't do that.
1: Exactly.
0: I'm with uh, uh, my uh, media ban. <laughs> I've missed this. Are you saying that in games that uh, obviously have no bearing on the um, on yeah,
1: the like finals? Yeah, like secure the Gold Coast in round 22 or something that they might play with these new rules. It's just incredible that you'd and have... And that's
2: not even a, an anonymous leak. Like, I've noticed the last two days there's been two different stories by age journos about wacky things that have been, have been considered. So, obviously, they're just lining up at AFL House and getting their stories handed to them. But this was literally Gil himself.
0: Didn't we get... Yeah. The didn't most we get chaotic fined? figure since Donald Trump. Didn't we get fined for experimenting in games? <laughs> yes, correct. Uh, yeah. alleged, allegedly.
1: There's been a lot and of look, talk about and a look, some refund. Some of the wacky things that they're putting out, that's just to get us to accept the less wacky things uh, that are been proposed, I think. so.
2: Yeah, I agree 100% um, with that. And I think the problem is their, their conspiracy is so ham-fisted that they've sort of passed the point where that will work, and now it's tilted over to the point where everyone knows what they're up to. So even when they do... Like, if they just come and said, we're going to have the starting zones, 666, the number of the beast... Like, if they just said they were going to have that, we would have all punched on, we would have complained about it, and then we would have just gone, eh, whatever, and got on with it. Now it's got to the point where everyone knows what they're up to, and everyone's, like, on edge thinking, all right, what's, what? this is just going to be the start. Um, they've totally botched this, the AFL. They've lost all credibility. They've spent a whole season basically talking their own game down. So I hope the benefits they get from the ratings, the crowds, Channel 7 executives patting them on the head... I hope that's going to be worth it because this season is effectively is effectively telling you you're an idiot for watching it, which is just a remarkable attitude for the competition to have.
1: Um, just talking about we spoke about the defence before, and there's a bit of talk about it in the chat room. Um, eight goals to three quarter time was a superb effort. Three of those eight goals, you know, one of them came from the danger field ruck infringement. Um, another one came from the harms. 50-metre penalty, um, and a third one came from uh, Jordan Lewis kicking into the man on the mark, which is a pet hate of mine yeah. on the wing, and the ball quickly back went back down the other way and they gold from that. So, um, yeah, the criticism of the back line and some of the hysterical commentary online, you know, about Oscar McDonald should never be picked uh, for the team again is is exactly that. It's hysterical. Um. Just uh, crazy talk.
0: Uh, Yeah. Well, when they say that, I like I always. What are they? Who are they going to bring in? Like. (laughs) Yeah. Well. Yeah. (laughs) Like we've got people knocking down the door, but uh, those two. Well, Cameron
2: Pedersen is being in the middle of a, a conversion into a defender, so
0: well i think he's there uh, he's as a just 32 years old a jic that that's i think in terms of if if one of the big men our big men go down with an injury i think he's that's that's what that's there for uh Greg Viner, you mentioned two things the um the danger field uh, ruck infringement what did you guys think of that um so that, that was when... Uh,
1: the rule is terrible. It was applied correctly. Well, forget, yeah, well,
0: that's what I was going to say. Forget whether, whether the rule's terrible for a moment. He did put his hand up for it. Obviously, Angus didn't hear it, but the free was Obviously, there.
1: Obviously, no one heard it. Yeah. Um, and they, you know, it hurts even more to watch Dangerfield and Selwood congratulating themselves yeah. after it uh, because everyone knows that they've duped the umpire and all the media commentary that's followed... Has all admitted that, and they've all demanded, and the expectation is that that rule will will uh, will be tweaked um, at the end of the year.
0: Now they put this rule in to stop the third man up. Now why why do that? Why not just have the ruck? And if a third man goes up, you pay the free free kick kick. exactly. That that stops it. uh, That's I don't know. Maybe that's too logical for the
1: AFL. (laughs) It is. Uh, it is
0: the other one that i absolutely hate is the one that uh harms got pinged for he yep. could not have gone anywhere except done a immediate 180 and run the other way and even then he might have been no the, too the close. umpires
1: expect you to defy the laws of yeah. nature and physics the magic bullet. and just immediately appear elsewhere on the ground
0: yeah like no. people have teleportation you know it's yes it's ridiculous
2: and is that really, like, we talk about the quality of the game and everything, like, is that really what we want? These pissy little administrative free kicks, you know, from a from a bloody rule book that's more complicated than flying a jumbo jet. Um, you know, it's like when, they, when people a few years ago when they had the interchange infringements. When was the last time anyone got done for an interchange infringement? <laughs> They're probably doing exactly the same thing they were five years ago. And then you just out of nowhere get blokes being marched 50 metres from where the ball is just kick a free goal because someone forgot to you know, fill in the correct paperwork in triplicate. It's just ridiculous. Like, oh, There's a lot of this but talk ha- this week saying, you know, why don't we have less rules more than more? <laughs> and I, I tend to agree with that.
0: I mean, he had his arms up in surrender before it, you know, while he's running saying, I'm not getting in the way, I'm not getting
1: in the way. Uh, there was a Sydney one a couple of weeks ago and it was, it was almost identical to that. Mm. Um, I can't remember the, who the Sydney player was, but he was running back with the player, and again they copped the fifty, and
0: uh, yeah, uh, like he was running uh, to get a, out of his way, and uh, I don't I mean, fancy yeah,
2: being an umpire and having travesty. to work all that out. You know, oh, is he running north, south, or east, west, or what bollocks? Like, you know, we give it to the umpires, but the, the, the what they get to work with is just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. You know, yeah. with the with the deliberately rushed behinds and you know the deliberate out on the fulls where you, it's not like you turn around and kick it out that's deliberate now it's so if you didn't try and keep it in enough and the acting football league you have to pretend you were trying to keep it in yeah the old...
1: just pretend <laughs> pretend that you're getting it out of a pack yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Move yeah. your
1: hand furiously so it looks like you're trying to
2: handball yeah, like the whole yeah the whole and the holding the ball when you're being yeah, yep. tackled and you've got to just fake and when you're running back to goal and you have to just accidentally whoops sorry I was trying to pick it up and I accidentally kicked it through for a point it's just ridiculous. These, you know, little, little administrative free kicks. They're doing nothing for the game, uh, except you know maybe a coach or something's rung up at some point and complained because they've had one player who's gone to run off the line and someone's been going past, and then they go and make all these changes to compensate for it. It's just unnecessary complication. But I think unnecessary complication is what's written above the door at AFL House these <laughs> days in Latin.
0: Um, if you would like uh to join us on the show we love hearing from fellow demon landers or anyone listening to us now uh zero three nine zero one six three triple six at zero three nine zero one six three triple six or skype us on demon land thirty one we love hearing from you guys uh you can join us in the chat room if you're uh listening um uh, Demonland. dot com slash podcast. We've got about a hundred people listening live at the moment, so uh, jump in and uh, say good day or ask a question. Uh, we're here as um, uh, un- unlicensed psychiatrists uh, tonight. Uh, try and get you through the week.
1: How good was some of Clary's hand passes? I was just going to mention Clary. Almost next level, there was even for a, for Clary.
0: The handball over his head to J.K.H. To Kennedy, Harris, yeah. was absolutely deliberate. Uh, I don't think J.K.H. was even calling for it. He just knew he was there.
1: Um, extraordinary stuff, isn't it?
0: And that uh, resulted in a goal, I believe. Um, yeah, yeah. Tom yep. McDonald. Yeah, it was... Uh, Beautiful's watch, and he had forty percent. I think it was possibly one of his best games ever. Forty possessions, twenty contested. Um,
1: just, yeah. I also just considering it was one the of his opposition. Best. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yes. Sorry, great Varney, What'd you say?
1: No, I agree. I thought it was one of his best games, um, and that's saying something because he's he's had plenty of doozies. <laughs> yes. yes.
2: <laughs> he's just got a sixth sense for where people are going to be. Like you said, even even if they don't know they're where he wants to handball to them. He can just you know, just just in the split second know where to put the ball, and that's such an important asset um rather than people who sort of pick it up and have to think about it for five seconds before they know what they 're going to do with it. He just goes whack, gets it out, and as we saw against the Bulldogs, especially the kicks aren 't bad either
0: yeah and there's there's been a few times this year that his um, his handballs have just been too good <laughs> for us yeah. and not in the way that uh you know sometimes um we get a bit too cute. Um, not in that sense. It's totally... all. Uh, it's deliberate. Um, he's, he's amazing, and I'm so he's glad a, we've got him.
2: He's had a few over the years for the umpires uh, that were uh, too quick for them as well. He's been pinged for a throw because the hands were just so quick, sort of over the back of the head or something.
0: Um, um Maxi, uh, did you... Do you think there was something up with him? He just didn't wasn't at the maxi best. Well, um,
1: reportedly he was crook, well, as I've seen we'll, online.
0: Well, we um, know that he was crook. Cause, uh, we he, know that he was crook, he, he, yes. He didn't come. I thought he had a head cold. That's what I was told. We had a player sponsor night and Max uh, couldn't attend. Um, and But I read online that he might have had gastro. Um, mm. Yeah, that's not fun and perhaps... Uh, Still feeling and there, there might have been
1: a few other players a bit cooked too. Um, no need to name names, no. but no. I th- think there might have been going around perhaps.
2: Hmm, uh, this happened before the function, so yeah. they can't be blamed. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, that's right.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, mm, Maxie. uh, Angus Brayshaw, um, we did have some good news this week, well, today. Uh, with Angus uh, re-signing until 2022. 20, uh, We've got another four years. Um, didn't he... Uh, he's had a great year this year, and that's sort of, uh, certainly
1: um, probably he's bumped up his price. Well in the BNF, isn't he, at the end of the
0: year? Yeah, he's uh, up there uh, in our Demonland one. Um, he's now coming fourth. He's overtaken uh, Nathan Jones. Um it's a it's a two horse race basically with Max and uh, Claydon, um, and then Jesse behind them who hasn't uh, didn't pole this week. But um, Brayshaw is hot on the heels, um,
1: but I don't know if he can catch with uh,
0: with only five weeks to go. But uh, yeah,
1: he's had a great year. Have either of you watched the last quarter again or like, watched the replay of the game?
2: I've got a question last, that I need only answered. Only the last two minutes. <laughs> <We're not>
1: crazy. <laughs> because I remember in the last quarter there was a high ball kicked in our forward 50 and Garlett was the closest to it, but he didn't compete for it. and He let it bounce and he could have made the mark. And did that happen or, or am I dreaming that?
2: I don't know. I've don't i already had a psychological trauma reaction to the game where I thought something happened when it didn't. So I, I can't comment on that. I did see uh, Bernie flinging in for the spoil on Melksham in the last yeah, uh, minute. Yeah,
1: that didn't help either. Uh-huh.
2: There was also one point where Bernie, there was a ball came into the Geelong forward line and he just jumped through without even trying to contest it. If a if a Geelong player, he braced and just jumped through the pack. If a Geelong player had just mysteriously run past him at that point, uh, I dare say he would have been adding to his already <laughs> substantial rap sheet of uh, reports and suspensions for the club.
0: Um, now, um, along with my self-imposed um, social media, media, anything to do with the game ban this week, I am unaware of whether Tom Hawkins... Uh, was cited or got any repercussions for the thumping of uh, bandy creatures? Fa- was he seriously let off?
2: Yep. Uh, uh, insufficient what? force. What, uh, he, was de- he, con- he was nearly
0: dead. He was nearly dead.
1: It was a fair whack. He it was. Really, I don't know. It was insufficient force. Is that different to
0: a jumper punch? Like it would have hurt. How different is that to the jumper punch that they're cracking down on? That looks worse than a jumper punch. Uh, you know, if and you're look what happened on the
2: terrace. half an hour later. Exactly. <laughs> so he should have been monkey see, monkey to justice Just for that.
0: Um, yeah, not not a good look, and I can't believe he got off
2: for that. No, it was definitely definitely Tom's night. Oh yeah. Um, now I did some research during the week because I thought, gee, surely Tom Hawkins, surely Tom Hawkins just wrecks us every time. Now, I looked up his career stats. He has kicked against us. 46 goals, nine.
0: In how many games? Yeah,
2: 46 <laughs> goals, eight, sorry. Oh,
0: he's got a good conversion uh, record, yeah.
2: Correct. It, every other team <laughs> he's kicked, you know, 20 points and stuff <laughs> against. But against us, he's not only kicked the most goals in his career of any against any team, wow. he has also been ridiculously accurate. Uh, right back to his, his second career game where he kicked four against us. Uh, it's just, it's not a... It's not a Kent Kingsley club job because he's obviously <laughs> no, done well, he's, uh, plenty, uh, yeah. plenty of else in his in his career. But gee, it's insulting when you've just got players who just do that to you. So we've played against him fourteen times for forty six goals.
1: Yeah, that's um, incredible.
2: Brisbane, Brisbane have played against him fourteen times for forty three goals, twenty one. <laughs> so he's had more shots against Brisbane, uh, and then he's had thirty nine goals in twenty starts against Hawthorne. So. Uh, it's just taking a piss. He's even had the career most, his career-most rebound 50s against us. <laughs> he's had two. <laughs> That's the most he's had against any team. Right. Well, Binman
1: the, made the very valid point in the chat room earlier that in the last quarter we had an even number of shots a goal. It was eight straight to three goals, five. Yeah. And I think it was even number of inside 50s, wasn't it? We might have even had a couple more, I think, on the last quarter.
2: Yeah, and look, if, if any of those, I mean, one, one of them was converted from a point to an out on the full, which sliding doors, Gwyneth Paltrow moment, You know, nothing would have been the same. Had that actually been a point, we probably would have lost in a different heartbreaking circumstance. Um, but, yeah, any of those that had missed in the middle of that massacre, and it was exactly like the Bulldogs the week before. I felt, I, I stood there and actually said to my mate, I said, now I know how Bulldogs fans felt, because it was just an unstoppable wave where we just needed to catch just a rest for 30 seconds um, and we might have been able to get out of it a lot quicker than we did, but it was just unstoppable. So, you know, what can you do? You got Hawkins pushing Gorn off and snapping goals from boundary throw-ins. It was just the perfect storm. Um, But we still had it in our hands with a minute to go.
0: Well, that's happened
1: before. And just can I say one thing? Uh, JKH has copped a lot of grief for his pretty simple miss in the dying uh, minutes that would have sealed it, but uh, look at some of the shots earlier in the night. Nibbler had almost an identical snap in the yeah, second quarter. He should have Same into the ground. He should have put that one through. And uh, Nibbler really lacks composure around he goals. He had a lot more time, which, which is a big shame because a lot of other areas of his game are coming together, but. Uh, on the run, he's almost a certainty to miss it um, around goals, unfortunately. And of course, Tommy Mack missed an absolute sitter at the start of the game. So, um, and you know, he's got uh, he's got similar numbers um, over his career, probably, to what Hawkins has got um, against Melbourne.
2: What do you guys reckon? I know Petrarca has been uh, held up as uh, doing the wrong thing. Um, watching those last two minutes again. I could see when I paused it, I could see a couple of players that he had options for, but it didn't actually turn out too badly. Like going out of bounds, there we could still have come yep, out of that. Locked it up. Yeah. Um, obviously, you got Gorn goes off, and I didn't see. I just saw in the chat room uh, the mention by Ms. Phoebe about Tom McDonald telling the umpire that Max was bleeding. So that's interesting. I don't know why he would have done that. And
0: why would he do? It was that? a
2: pretty. It was a pretty quick um, contact contact to being uh, ordered off which he, he then uh, what i found odd as well he really took his time going off now was that did he mean to do that was that a tactical thing to say yeah, for some reason be. i'm going to take my time so we can set up or or whatever yeah. it was um or did he just you know had he run out of gas was are the conspiracy theories correct or he obviously wasn't running for the toilet
1: No, I I mean, I thought at the time that, yeah, he's he's jogging off as slowly as he can to get them to to readjust and set up again.
2: Whereas I'm having such a nervous breakdown at that point, I'm like, get off, just get it. I just wanted the game to get on with. (laughs) I wanted it just to end one way or the other um, (laughs) and just get on with it. And so, again, sliding doors. If he hadn't taken so long to go off, then something else would have happened and the well, again, we might have lost, but it probably wouldn't have ended up with a bloke kicking a goal after the siren.
0: <sighs> Reliving um, this is pretty And
2: then shot um, yeah. as well, which, again, I don't know what he, without access to seeing the vision and you know giving the guy a break that he just picked the ball up. Um, I, I don't know if he had another option. Um, as the it says in the chat room, we'd be lambasting him for deliberate out of bounds if he didn't take a shot. Um, whether You know, in retrospect, you want to just run around for a bit or, 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 you know, go backwards or get tackled over the line or something like that. Um, If he kicked it, he'd be a legend. Um, If if Tommy Mack hadn't been double teamed when the ball landed in the goal square, you know, if it had gone out of bounds again, we would have been a lot better off. Uh, there's just so many... It's like when you watch Air Crash Investigation and they're like, well, this wouldn't have brought the plane down, but this happened, this happened, this happened, and these 27 different things happened that all contributed to you know the plane flying into a mountain. It was like that. W- there wasn't one particular moment that we, we lost it. We just had so many things go against us, which it would... If I wasn't a Melbourne fan, if I was watching it from a neutral perspective, I'd say that's a good sign for the future, that that once 25 of those things are corrected, we don't lose that game. But... I'm also cynical due to uh, experience.
0: Now, what did you think at the end of the This has been talked about a fair bit, uh, the Bernie Vince um, at the end of the game. Um, and now, it's been explained, well, uh, Bernie Vince on TV was seen smiling, and I don't know if he was laughing, with um, Dangerfield and... Uh, some people were angry with that. Some of the people in the media, but it's been since explained um, that he was just talking to um, his old mate Dangerfield, and Dangerfield was asking about his dad, and um, you know he said something. He said something nice to him, and whatever. So
1: um, he's yeah, been no, overreaction.
0: Yeah, I mean, no one likes to see players, you know, being. Want to, You don't want to see your team. Team. You don't want to see team, Jack
1: Watts laughing his head off, yeah. as he used to do uh,
0: after oh, no, I'm after kidding. a loss. Um, but
1: I'm um, uh, no, but they showed and just to counter that whole thing with Bernie, there's actually another picture they showed, which is when the kick's going through of Bernie, and he's uh, he's on his um, uh, you know he's on his uh, haunches. And his head's in his hands and that's the way he was feeling. He yes. was devastated like the rest of the team.
2: Yeah. So yeah, no biggie. Yeah, it's a, but it's one of those things where if I'd probably seen it live, if I'd been watching it on television and hadn't kicked my settings. I you. probably would have gotten emotional about it. But having not actually seen it and come to come to it later, you sort of think, Whatever. Like I don't understand why they don't can't meet up and chit chat off field but yeah, you can't question a commitment of a guy who's just gone out there and you know smashed into it for 120 minutes. Um, you know, just because he, he lets rip a, a loose smile um, doesn't mean, mean anything particular. Uh, the last person I remember copying it for the for the smile was Colin Sylvia when we lost by about 110 points in Sydney a few years ago. I remember there was uh, mass outbursts of uh, devastation that he was seen having a bit of a smile after the game. So I don't know if it's if it's more of a crime to smile after a one a goal after the siren than it is after a hundred and ten point loss.
1: No, there's been a few Jack Watts incidences incidents since the Sylvia days, um, and most of uh, uh, most of the anger directed to Watts came from the fact that. Um, you know, he'd given that interview fairly early on in his career, where he said losing doesn't bother him that much, or he can get over um, losing quite quickly. And then to combine that with a smile after a loss um, really got people's uh, uh, really got people's uh, backs up.
2: And the natural uh, desire to beat Jack Watts with a baseball bat at every <laughs> opportunity that a lot of people uh, <laughs> seem to have. Over the years it was uh, it was kind of like my my mate who has been absolutely anti buckley to to the max to the point where now he's so conflicted whether he still wants Collingwood to win or not because his <laughs> point has been proven wrong that I think there was a lot of people like that with Watts as well that they they wanted us to do well, but they were kind of also hoping that we could do well without him so that we could uh, you know still hang shit on him
0: um if anyone Sorry for
2: wa- that surprise return to Jack Watts chat after uh, six months later.
0: <laughs> How is Jack Watts doing? <laughs> no, we don't have to answer that. Not as well as Bailey Fridge. <laughs> no, well, I, I love Bailey Fridge. I, I don't know if I say it enough on this podcast. I do love you, Bailey. Um, if you would like to join us on the show, ni- uh, 039016366 uh, or Demonland 31 on Skype, we'd love to hear from you. Could be uh, could be helpful in the healing process. Uh, anything else have you from got a that? Seven
2: second delay. Uh, lined up just no, I can Somebody uh, defames. Uh,
0: well, somebody I or... can always delete it from the, uh, <laughs> from the <laughs> on their version. Um, anyone else want to talk about uh, anything else from the game before we move on? I'm happy to talk about. I don't have anything on my any other. Th- players i want to talk about but you guys anyone else um
1: just to other. mention harms which we did briefly yep, yep. Uh, probably the best game of his career uh did a super uh job on Selwood in the first half and then just casually switched over to danger after halftime so um that's that's awesome isn't it it,
0: it is uh we can talk injury list now while well, we're going to talk about casey yep. soon but uh may as well bring up the injury list um uh, he broke his hand. Did, did this happen in the game?
1: It was a kicking in danger incident. Yep. that We didn't get a free four typically. No, and uh, we don't. And I believe it was danger himself. Well. doing the kicking in danger. So there was
2: a there was a danger one. I'm just going to roll the footnote. There's no audio. There is a danger one where he slid in on Lewis. Lewis went for the a low ball on the ground. Um, and I can see on this tweet where it was posted, it was when we were up 96-94, uh, is one of the most ridiculous slide tackles you'll ever see. Um, you'd get a card for it in soccer, let alone a free kick against an AFL, and it went totally unpunished. I'll, I'll put the link in the chat room, but it's a bit ironic that after uh, certain people, including myself, have hung it on Lewis for, for not doing enough defensive stuff, he goes down to pick up a, a loose ball in a contested situation in a close game and gets... Put through by a bloke sliding in studs up is absolutely ridiculous. And now to hear that Harm's got an injury from a kicking in danger as well, um, you know we can't even we can't even do the rules that we've got at the moment. Let's not bring any more in.
0: Uh, Hell's bells in the chat room says three of the four last games versus the Cats we've had more scoring shots and have still lost. Uh, uh, when will this nightmare end uh, against the Cats?
1: Uh when we play them in week one of the finals and absolutely pump them.
2: Well, that, that could be the return to 05. We, um, we, we got into the finals. The first of the, the three weeks of glory was the one-point win, round 20. Uh, and then three weeks later, we played them in the elimination final and they beat us by about 10 goals. Mm. So I will, if that happens, I will re-put re that game back into number one of my all-time favourites.
0: Um, uh, so injury list, uh, Harmsy had surgery on his hand, but they seem to be quite confident that he's got to play and, uh, wait until the very last minute. Um, Oliver
1: played the week after surgery, didn't he? Oh yeah,
0: that's, that's true. Uh, he did. So there's, um, there is some form. With that uh, type of injury. Um,
2: MS. It's a good way to avoid being typecast as a a tagger for the rest of your career after two good or a a week and a half doing it in a row. You might be like, I'll just have a week (laughs) off, boys, (laughs) just so I don't get roped into doing that every week because, you know, the first time he plays someone and they wreck him, he'll probably be dropped to Casey.
0: Well, I see that uh, Sloan is back this week, so if he is playing, you'd think uh, he's going to get that job. Um, Ms. Phoebe in the chat room says Hibbard said last week he'd be one to two weeks. Goodwin says today uh, he's still a few weeks away, uh, so that's not the best of news. Um,
1: hmm. Well, few, and Goodwin might not have been precise with his language, but few is only yeah. that can be as low as three, so <laughs> yeah. it's only one more week. So, <laughs> um, um, a few God. weeks
2: away, so that could be further, a few further weeks from from now. Mm.
0: Did anyone have an, a heart attack today when they saw the news that Clary um, uh, pulled up at training, uh, I don't know, if he was clutching his, um, his, his quad? Uh, they're saying that it's not too bad and he will likely play, but um, is there question marks on the surface of Gosh's paddock? Um, we, had a, well, we had a
2: pretty good run. Um, mm. until now, apart from the mysterious toe injuries in the in, in the pre-season. Um, but that's exactly
1: the problem. Those toe and foot injuries are now spreading up the leg um, <laughs> and infecting the rest of the body. So
2: it's like a it's flesh virus. virus. Mm.
0: Uh, so Hells Bells in the chat room says in Misson's report he mentioned that Harms is less likely than likely uh, to play this week.
2: Great. So that's, uh, the, yeah. You know. There's that's a another uh, midfielder <laughs> we need to find.
0: Yeah. Uh, Hibbert and Viney are aiming for the Swans game. Uh, that's, that's good news.
2: Um, yeah, I think Hibbert is, is just really important. Like he, he's not in his All-Australian form this year, but he's so important to that back line. Um, I actually really liked Joel Smith the other night in the contest um, again, I think I said this a few weeks ago when I was on. I I won't vouch for him in a, you know, for for positioning for tactics. That's for others to decide. But I think in the one on one contest, um, he's been very good, uh, and he was oh, pretty good the other night as well. So it's not a completely dire situation. But again, it, what's going to happen when we play West Coast with Kennedy and and Darling? Uh, apart from everyone saying Lucas Cook. 15 times in the game when, when Darling's kicking goals. Um, I, I fear what the likes of them are going to do to us. It's probably lucky that we're factoring that in as a loss, uh, even if we are going to make the finals.
0: Um, the other piece of encouraging news is that um, uh, Hunt uh, was back to full training uh, I believe today. Um, yep. so that's good good news. Um, Hells Bell says he's uh, a chance to return. I don't think they'll I don't think they'd play him straight in. Uh,
1: no, and he, uh, he'll he be ready on the weekend that Casey have their buy, oh, which okay, is yes, good great. news, of course, typically. Yeah. And as has been pointed out, uh, <laughs> you have a bye every second week in the VFL, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. there's nothing unusual
2: about that. Do they have a week off for a state game this year? That's always a highlight when all the, <laughs> the AFL reserves teams have to stop so that some bloke from Port Melbourne can play some bloke from The Waffle.
0: Yeah, because yeah. it's the AFL listed players they don't play in those games do nah. they? No.
2: And <laughs> yeah, to be fair, we probably don't want them to. No. <laughs> but you know, it just stops the whole stops the whole competition dead. It's almost like they need to play, you know, the get some of the I suppose you're not gonna have enough players for a, to play a um you know, scratch matches in those weeks between the AFL dominated teams. Um. the reserves.
0: Uh, Super Mercado, did you get to watch the Casey? Was the Casey game played It was on the same oval?
2: Yeah, it was before, but no, I, was, uh, I took a long and tortuous route okay. back to Cardinia Park from home, so I didn't see it at all. I've just seen, uh, I've just seen the stats from it. Uh, not sure there's much to too away. much um, for us from that one. Um, obviously, I see Wiedemann. Wiedemann did well again, but I'm just not sure at the moment where he would fit in um, in that forward line.
0: I like. Did you see the tackle stats?
2: Um, someone at Vandenberg, someone had about nineteen. Va- or
0: Vandenberg had seventeen, Bug yeah. had fifteen, and Kent had fourteen. Now, yeah. two things you can read into that: it's great that they're tackling and they're showing that defensive part, but you know, if they're doing a lot of tackles, uh, does that mean that they weren't first to the ball? Well, it's um, so strange.
2: It's like how it's like <laughs> it was pouring down rain or something. The yeah. score and the uh, the numbers of tackles. Um, it Very like strange a, scoring game.
0: Sounded like a cracker of a match. Uh, we came from behind with uh, five last quarter. Goals, sort of the opposite of the other, the exactly. seniors' game. Um, but yeah, it was good to see them get their tenth win on the trot. Uh, they're playing some good footy. Um,
2: Do we steal all their players? Is yeah,
0: that's well, is Vanders a chance? Would you bring him in? I
2: think Goodwin said
1: he still needs a few weeks. Yeah. yeah. So, so, no. But
2: well, I think, you know, in a couple of weeks, it could be an option. Um, I think we're, we're probably running, starting to run out of uh, options in the <laughs> twos, so, which is a testament to Casey actually still, you know, still winning and still against a very, very good team on the weekend, um, coming from behind to win a 10th in a row.
0: Yeah, pretty good uh, for Casey. Um, uh, Any other changes uh, that you can see this week? If um, Harms is out, who comes in as a a replacement? I'm going to have
2: Bug, which is always controversial, but I remember that the tag job he did on Steel Sidebottom on Queen's birthday a couple of years ago, he did a really good tagging job on him. Sidebottom had killed us in the first quarter, uh, and he went on to him and just had about one touch in the second quarter. So if, if it's like for like, and I'm not sure who else, um, you know, is really going to be used. I mean, hopefully we don't use Jones the tag in again because we all saw how well that went earlier in the year when they tried it. Um, so I'll probably have Bug and then Hannon for Kennedy Harris.
0: Yeah. Did uh, Hannon play this week or was he out with that uh, knee, knee injury? Didn't play, yeah. no. Didn't play. He was oh, the I've... mystery injury of the week, if I recall. Right, always that's
2: maybe ignorant. I thought he must have been the holdover emergency.
0: No, I think that might it was have been a jarred been Wag- knee, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a jarred knee uh, that we only found out at selection. Um, it's always the way. Uh, I think maybe Wagner might have been the holdover. Right. The other, well, the listed Wagner, because I see that the Corey Wagner is uh, getting the best each week or thereabouts.
2: Mm. Sort of an odd holdover, but really, because yeah. Wouldn't you? I don't. You sort of need a more versatile player to cover whoever goes out. But I guess the chances of someone actually going out at that late, late time probably only happens once or twice a year mm-hmm. across the competition.
0: Yeah, I guess if someone is under a cloud, then they might uh, put it's someone true. in. more. If they, more yeah, if they know bit. a
2: particular player is in trouble, um, I definitely still want to have a look at Baker.
0: Yeah, at some point, twenty disposals this week.
2: Yeah, I just Um, just don't know if this is the right time. Probably the same with Kilty. He's been in the bests a lot.
0: Yeah.
2: um, And we probably could do with another defender. But, again, is it the right time to to be blooding players or do we just stick with what we know, at least for now, uh, and see what happens this week and maybe uh, roll out the the first gamers uh, in a couple of weeks' time if it's all shot.
0: Well, are we allowed to experiment at the end of the year now? Is, is that the, is well, that if the, we can get ourselves out of finals <laughs>
2: calculations, then we can pretty much do what we like. Paul Johnson at full full back and you know, Matthew Warnock at full forward. It's all, it's all legal again.
0: Yes. Um, speaking of uh, taking ourselves out of finals contention, what's our run home like? Uh, that, what's your ladder predictors, uh, spanners in the works, obviously, this week?
2: North West Coast is... So crucial this week. Um, I, I reckon GWS are probably going to be past us going to the last round. Which is not to say that we can't win, but I reckon they'll already pretty much have qualified for the for the finals. Yeah. Um, so I'm reckon it's us versus North. Now um, there is some in Geelong. I, I've got Geelong Port North as six, seven, eight all a game ahead of us, but with us having a substantial percentage advantage over all of them. So um, that North West Coast this week is so crucial. Um, it's flashback to a, a North Sydney game a couple of years ago when we were just holding on at the end of 2016. Um, we desperately needed North to lose to give us the chance to beat Carlton the next day. Um, and, and Sydney did win that. It just reminds me of that. Back in Hobart, um, needing, the, needing the opposition team to win... But oh, I'm, not, I'm not entirely confident um, in, in West Coast doing that.
0: Um, I'm just uh, now doing a lazy uh, ladder prediction uh, thing. I, I think also what could be... You, I'm hoping that Brisbane can knock North off as well. Yeah. Um,
1: entirely plausible, that one.
0: Mm.
2: Yeah. Brisbane, and o- Brisbane are now Hawthorne
1: playing some decent that,
2: footy. Geelong Hawthorne game that could be one of those ones where... It might bring Geelong down, but it might put Hawthorne back in the mix. But I think I would rather have more teams in the mix yeah. to get in to, in order to get more teams to have a chance to fall out just so the combinations can hopefully work in our favour, um, especially knowing that that last round, uh, Sydney Hawthorne is the pretty much the only game of the last round that's going to affect us that is a, even anywhere near a 50-50 game. Um, everyone else who's a contender around us plays absolute junk. Carlton Adelaide, Geelong Gold Coast... Um, St Kilda North and Freo Collingwood, but I don't think that will be an issue Port, Port Essendon at home if, if Port gets dragged down into the mire the as well um, that's probably becoming more relevant now um, if Port was to lose this week to the Bulldogs, which is unlikely but you never know um, that will become a super relevant last round game as well but basically, if we don't win this game then I'm, I'm not factoring in any of this. I might suspend the Bradbury plan for the rest of the year.
0: What about um, needing 14 games to win? Is that 13? Uh, nah, do, do, do you see that? 13 will
2: do it. Yeah, I mean, in, in my ladder predictor, I've got 14, but that, yeah, that the, that's everything going as you would expect it to go, which it won't. So I'm hoping that it's Port North Geelong. That are the ones that, are, that start dropping the games because it's now really, if, as long as we win this, if we win this Adelaide are dead and buried, it'll be down to GWS, Geelong, Port, North, Melbourne, Hawthorne, with only two of those teams missing out.
0: Where do you have Sydney? Because I'm doing a ladder predictor now, and I'm having We're going to beat
1: Sydney in three weeks' time.
0: I'm having them missing out on finals.
2: Yep. Jesus, that's that's keen. Well, I've got them third, so
0: okay. I'm, I must that's have the, like that's the wide world to... of the
2: ladder predicted. No, no, it's <laughs> not to say that. I'm not. I'm not suggesting that I have a scientific scenario that's uh, come up with that. That's just all all done on the vibe. Um, as long as they, I mean, yes, they have got a difficult run home. They've got Essendon, which they should win, but then they've got Collingwood. Us, obviously, switch that game around. That becomes very important. GWS, switch that around. It becomes very important. Uh, and then they've got Hawthorne in the last round, so yeah, not easy. But well, I think they've got enough in the bank to well, to certainly at least make it. I, um, I and if they if they just make it and they knock us out, I'll feel like a real goose for punching them home against North.
0: I did a ladder predictor um, based on uh, us winning the next three uh, games. Oh wow! Uh, I had missed one game, and that just put us out of the out of the finals. So, I had I've done a ladder predictor uh, with us winning the next three games and losing the last two, and missing out on the finals on thirteen wins. It's,
2: it's plausible.
0: Yeah, it's quite quite plausible that
2: that happens. Uh, and that would be if if we win thirteen games and miss the finals. Yeah, we'll have a percentage
1: of 120 or something. Correct. At least 120.
2: Yeah. And now they've even got the bottom teams have started to win games, Carlton accepted. um, It's just inconceivable how we could end up with that sort of a logjam, um, in the middle of a ladder, and it would be so typical that we're the ones who get screwed by it. Yeah. Like, forget your Richmond ninth cliches. They're retired. If we finish ninth again, where you can't say... Ninthman anymore, it's something to do with us, we're the new nine uh,
0: We'll be uh, having a competition how you can incorporate nine into the word Melbourne uh, best uh...
2: You can write it quite easily because you've got N-E at the end but uh, saying it I'm not sure how that'll work
0: <laughs> Nine born nine born. <laughs> I can just see the memes now Alright Um any, anything else you boys want to talk about? Um, anything, what else has happened in the Demon Land world? Um, oh, congratulations to, uh, well, two people. I think Dom Tyson, if he gets a game this week, brings up his 100 games. Yep. And um, Jordan Lewis with the 300, how many has he played uh, for the Ds? Um,
2: 30, 30. Early 30s, I reckon.
0: Can we claim anything in this? Do
2: we? <laughs> oh, I say, well done for starting your career at a competent football club that delivered <laughs> you great riches.
0: Do we have him in a Hawthorn jumper on the banner? <laughs> mm.
2: But also, there was a quite. A, it's 35 games he's played for us. Um, yeah. There was the the Melksham one went went very heavy on his 150 games, 150 great games, 150 awesome games, and it's like, come on, it's like. 150, about 120 <laughs> games that we didn't give a rats about <laughs> and thirty ones that we did.
0: Uh, you've got to give, uh, you know, the, the, they play for us now. They've no, played a but, lot of games. I think you've got to give them the... Uh, the uh, kudos for that
2: imagine I, if the banner just said like you know Jake Melchin, 35 or and just counted the games <laughs> that he <laughs> played for us
0: 35 great
2: games <laughs> that'd be that'd be a scandalous moment <laughs> in the history of banner making
0: well I, I noticed when um, uh, frawley uh, how many games would he have played but had a milestone would it have been 100 150. Uh, for us or no 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 well for Hawthorne, he, for Hawthorne just a couple of weeks ago he um, oh, it
1: probably would have been 200, I think, 200 wouldn't it yeah
0: whatever it was uh, the Melbourne boys um, uh, on the Hawthorne website had um, on the website on their Facebook page had uh, Hawthorne put up a video that a few of the Melbourne guys uh still still at our club had said the uh, their wishes to you know a couple of funny anecdotes and all that so I'm just yeah. wondering if the Hawthorne players will, uh, return the favour um, for Jordan.
2: Uh, this At week. least they can talk about the the good times, <laughs> yeah. whereas our boys, what what were their funny stories? Like, oh, <laughs> I stood next to him and the 36th goal went through. It was and, hijinks, you know, hijinks. Yeah, then next thing you know, he was playing a full trips. forward and Jordan McMahon was kicking a goal. Yeah, dude it was funny.
0: <laughs> I think it was all uh, end of season trips, hijinks uh, oh, discussion. I see.
2: Well, in that case, there was probably stuff they couldn't broadcast. <laughs>
0: Uh, so that's a couple of milestones coming up this week. Um, I don't I know. I might
2: break things in my house if we lose another thriller. That would be a milestone. I might set a new record for property damage uh, in relation to a Melbourne Football Club game.
0: It's, hard, it's a it's a tough uh, interstate trip. I don't think they're going to be they're going to roll over like they did in in the Alice. No, um, they have. Couple of players in that didn't play. Then not going to be not going to be an it's not going to be an easy game.
2: Well, we we do have a reasonable record at the Adelaide Oval. That's probably one thing that uh, keeps me afloat going into this, and the fact that I think we're a better team, a better team anyway. But I'm just desperate to know how we're we going to react um, to losing a game like that. Um, are they going to? Pretty much the only team we've really. Killed off from the first quarter this year. Correct me if I'm wrong. Was Adelaide yeah. killed off and stayed killed off because we've had a couple of. I think Brisbane. We we killed them off early and then they launched the comeback. But um, Adelaide's the only team we've really put away for good in the first quarter. Uh, I would be absolutely shattered if we don't come out in that first quarter with breathing fire. But then again, we did that against Port and look where it got us
0: because
2: mm. we didn't convert the chances.
0: Well, that's what it's got to come down to. We've we've got to start. Converting chances. I think it's killed us in a number of games this year. Um yep. and until we can do that. It's gotta come sometime, but uh we're running out of opportunities because um every game is counting now.
2: Yeah, I, there's probably you know, like how many more can you get? Yeah, you know, we got what do we score, ninety four and, and lost on the weekend. Um you know, you're probably you're not going to kick 120, 130 points a week, so it's probably only four, three, four more opportunities that we're going to convert from all these inside 50s um, on a normal week. Uh, but it's just so crucial, especially when we when we can get an advantage out of the middle as well, um, like the Bulldogs game where it just goes, and like Geelong against us in the last quarter where it just goes bounce goal, bounce goal. Um, you can really give it to a team in rapid fashion.
0: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh Super Mercado, you want to uh plug um plug your uh your stuff.
2: Yeah, well if you'd like to relive the game <laughs> in uh torturous detail, you can visit uh demonblog.com and you can catch me on Twitter at DemonBlog uh, and DemonWiki dot org, the home of all your uh, Melbourne random stats, including one I got from the club during the week that someone had sent to them asking them to change it uh, about the parentage of a player uh,
0: Ooh, that sounds, who was, uh, who was, that who was sounds not, not in that fashion,
2: <laughs> not, not a Tom Kavanagh father-son with a completely different surname to his dad style controversial parentage scenario uh, but no it was just a, just an update on something on one of the pages so that was very nice of the club to uh pass that on to me They was that's happened a few times where people have have missed the massive disclaimer on the front saying send an email to this address if you want to change anything and they've just gone directly to the club instead
0: um oh that's interesting um Oh, what was I going to say in terms – oh, yes, you. Uh, I noticed you changed the name of uh, – did you change the name of your blog? Or...
2: I, did. Right to... yes. I did. I'm going to change it officially on the blog uh, soon. The old – every day is like sunday morrissey was... reference which was in 2005 it was related to the fact that we used to play almost every game on a sunday
0: i was going to ask uh, you if that was the reason
2: um and now it makes no sense whatsoever so i've uh, decided to just drop that and just rebrand as demonblog.com to get some more spectacle uh, it's my it's my version of changing the rules
0: Every day is like a Saturday night because it seems we're playing. Uh... Correct.
2: <laughs> it makes no sense these days, and it has made no sense for about ten years. But um, I just have to work out how to edit my the banner on the website. <laughs> well, um,
0: if you need some help with that, I uh, yeah, I, to... I just I just
2: need that. I need the guy with the fork and the toaster because that's the the yeah. classic photo that is also my background on my phone, which always baffles people. <laughs> um, and the other guy, yeah, who's that, the other, it, it must on be the,
0: the computer, the sort of
2: the loopy guy on his computer. <laughs> which he's got the Hankook... I think I stole that off Big Footy or something, so God knows who actually made it, but he's got a Hankook sponsorship on, so it must be from about 2008. Um, But, yeah, I'll have to edit that. But, yes, we we have rebranded, and unlike an AFL change, the the fans have been completely... (laughs) disinterested
0: so uh, you could have done every day is not like a friday night because we never get to play correct play that. Every,
2: every day is like yes <laughs> uh, any other day but well we hope next year um, well friday, the last couple of years friday night games have had absolutely no attraction to me because i finished work extremely early um so i remember that sydney game last year i hung around the city for about five hours before <laughs> that game um, but I understand for the sake of advertising and uh, sponsorship and stuff like that, you, you definitely want to be on Friday night. Um, so I certainly hope that next year the AFL recognises that, A, we're pretty much the highest scoring team in the competition, um, and B, twice within the last six or seven weeks we've lost games and almost kicked 100 points. Well, um, So we're propping up entertainment value in this league for everybody.
0: I've got a theory. If we happen to – we are more likely – to get a lot of Friday night games if we actually miss the finals this year, uh, considering they like to play teams um, that don't make the finals on a Friday night. So, um, yes, we might, uh, we might get some Friday night games. We might get some Kilda,
2: Carlton, the Bulldogs, <laughs> some real blockbusters yeah. of a Friday night. Can I, while we're getting into conspiracy theories, can I, can I give you one that I came up with on the blog this week? Yeah, okay go for it. Two weeks... After coming back from Darwin, we yep. have never won a last quarter. Mm. Ponder that.
0: Interesting.
2: Two weeks, we have never lost. We've kicked an average of 1.8 goals per game in those, in those across those fourth quarters. Interesting. In, so that's all I'm saying. Darwin was off the hook last week. But I'm just saying that there might be something in the... You, everyone gets through the first week and we all think, you beauty, they've survived Darwin. <laughs> And then it hits in the last quarter two weeks ago. Uh, the the game last year was the North one where we should have run over them in the last quarter, um, and we lost.
0: Was it Frio? Frio played us in Darwin. They won yep. the next week. Yep. But then they lost this week, and they
2: after a hot start.
0: Yeah, that's right. So what happened in the last quarter there? I think they did they fade they out as well. Folded like a house of cards there in you, the second half. There you go. So um, hmm, there may be something to this. Let's table it and uh, see what happens. Let's call an AGM. Third week, yes. uh, just by the way, my uh, demon wiki random image is Jack Watts. Um, conspiracy that's, that's theories right, right. abound. Right, uh, great Viney Are you still <laughs> with us? Uh, <laughs> I am, yes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. Anything else, boys? You, any, anything random you want to talk about?
2: I've got Dean Bailey looking sideways at James MacDonald in a way that suggests I'm going to delist you.
1: <laughs> I've got Kevin Dyson,
2: 1995. Oh, uh, Big uh, hair? I, I, sorry? Is the front of his hair like really high at that point? Uh, yes, yep.
1: Although, well, yeah, yep. It's sort of. I, I remember at
2: 96 I was in the sooks. With footy at that point, as we've previously discussed, I'm very upset that I didn't go and punch on at Dallas-Brooks Hall over the merger, uh, but I remember watching that grand final and going for Sydney literally just because of Kevin Dyson.
0: We were talking about the Dallas-Brooks Hall. I don't, Greg Viney, I don't think you were on that podcast this that week. Um, did you come with me to Dallas-Brooks Hall? No,
1: I was covering uh, – I actually had to cover Joseph Gutnick that night yep. for a newspaper. Okay. So I was on reporting duties. Uh, so I was there, and it was it was bedlam that night.
0: Yeah. It was. Um, all right. Well, boys, another episode in the can. Yeah. Um,
2: Let's Keep the faith. Greater things, yes. I agree. I'm, I'm trying extremely hard not to get uh, sucked into the, the death vortex of oh. Melbourne supported depression syndrome. I'm, well, uh, this I'm week. well,
0: I'm well in it. You've got to
2: call no, I, me out. I, I don't blame you, but I guess from my perspective, like I, I, heard in your, your comments at the start that you, you allowed yourself to believe.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, I've not done that, <laughs> so I think it, I think it helps a little bit. Like I said, i have still. I had that massive outburst of anger at the start. It was the five stages of grief, but it went from anger to almost going the VOM on the Western ring road. Um, so I, I definitely felt it, but because even when we kicked that first goal, the friend I was with was like, yeah, we're going to, you know, we're going to take selfies of ourselves when we win this and all like that. I'm like, shut up. I don't want to hear it. I'm not confident.
0: I thought we and were going to win. down, I
2: thought we are going to lose.
0: Well, I thought we were going to win by 50 points after that. I thought we were just going to run away with it. And then as soon as they kicked the next two, uh, I think they kicked two quite quickly, yeah. um, I knew straight away then I said, no, we're going to lose this. I wrote to uh, uh, my brother-in-law, who's Geelong, and I said, you've got this. Um, and then when they kept sort of kicking goals, I thought, oh, we're going to lose this by a few goals. Um, yeah, but
2: we did We did well to, yeah, yeah, to survive. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Um, and as I said, uh, would I have felt this dejected if we had let them run over us and we hadn't kicked a couple of goals sort of in between? And then, you know, had we not kicked three goals that quarter or whatever we kicked and they would won by three goals or something, would we have... I guess you'd, you'd still feel dejected. I
2: reckon you'd we, be angrier. Yeah,
0: because we blew... I don't know.
2: Yeah, away. you'd be angrier, but you wouldn't be... You wouldn't have your soul yeah. crushed. <laughs> yeah in an industrial press. So it's kind of up and down. It's like, yeah, like I said, if they'd, if they'd got that point instead of it being called out on the full, yeah. who knows what would have happened from there. We might have kicked it straight down their throat and come back for a goal. But it's likely that the uh, scenario would not have ended the way it did with, you know, Nev one-on-one with a defender, you know, losing the marking contest and then him kicking the bloody goal after the siren. We would have lost in more uh, standard fashion. Mm. Sorry, every time I'm on, I seem you, to leave us on a depressing
0: note. Now so. we need banner chat or something. Uh, just to...
2: <laughs> sorry sorry about that listeners. I hope you can still receive uh, the podcast from inside your oven.
0: <laughs> well, we still have uh, over 80 people listening, so <laughs> we're doing all right. Well, we wish the other 20 yeah. well Yes, with their therapy. <laughs> all right, boys. Um, and we just gained three extra listeners. Thank you very much. Um well, that's, uh, that's another week uh, gone. Uh, let's hope for better better days ahead. Um, none of you boys, I, I guess, aren't are travelling to Adelaide. Um, okay. Supermikata, your uh, travel days are over.
2: I, I was tempted when we beat them the last time I was about to book a ticket. And then I thought, no, don't do that. And then when Lever did his knee, I thought, no, definitely don't do that. <laughs> Um, Yes, I do not want to go and grapple with any more uh, local yokels Yeah.
0: All right, well, that's been another episode of Demonland. Uh, If you want to uh, follow us, uh, if you're listening to this uh, podcast, you can subscribe on iTunes or stream it uh, through SoundCloud. Uh, You can get on the website at www.demonland.com. Join us on the forum and... uh, Celebrate and commiserate with us uh, each week. Um, Twitter, Demonland, at Demonland, uh, Facebook, facebook.com slash Demonland31 or Instagram at Demonland31. That's how you can find us. Um, Go Dees.